I'm Max, and you're listening to Zetus Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What's up, all you high school loners and or their imaginary friends? I'm Alan. I'm an imaginary friend. Wow. I thought she was imaginary, but then she started talking to her out loud. It was very confusing, and I'm Max. (laughs) Yep, and this is Zetus Lapidus. It's the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or DCOM in chronological order and then spend way too much time analyzing them. This week, folks, we watched Read It and Weep. This is another DCOM that was based off of a book. At the very end scene, you know, skipping way ahead, at the very end scene of this movie, when you see, like, the closing of the book, that's the actual title hmm. of the book that it was written about. And I, I believe it was, oh, golly. It's like my, the time my journal got published or and, something. Yeah, like. it became a, became a national bestseller or something. Yeah. It, I, I didn't know this until I started doing my research around this movie, but, you know, here we are again. Another based on a book, DCOM. Sort of weird for a book about... A book mm-hmm. becoming a movie. A movie out of, mm-hmm. about a book becoming a book. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yo, the well, layers on this one. It goes deep, doesn't it? It wow. is an onion, my friend. We got to peel those back. The description of this movie is a shy, retiring high school student develops a peculiar alter ego. I'm Hold on. <laughs> a, a shy, retiring high school, high school student. That's not what it says. Develops a peculiar alter ego you that changes her one. life forever. I copy and paste say it. retiring. A shy, retiring high school student. I guess it's student. like retiring, like she retires to her room. Like, you know, you could say like, I'm going <laughs> to... You could Max say I, I mean, I wouldn't, but you could. It's so confused. By the way, I want you Wait, to Wait, read it again, though. That's not even the part that's the problem. A shy... Comma, retiring high school student develops a peculiar alter ego that changes her life forever. That's not even what this movie is about. That's not what it's about at all, but what is she retiring from? She's retiring <laughs> from high school. Like, not like old. She retires from a pizza shop pizza about halfway job? through. Yeah. yeah. She quits. That's true. I guess they're like, maybe? No, that's it's just not wild. even what this movie's about. That is the worst summary we've ever had. I think that's true. I think of all the summaries, <laughs> that's I think the that's worst true because one. even the ones that are too much at least they're correct yeah yeah this is that she is a high school student that's or, about or it'll it. be like that wasn't really what the movie was about but it, it that did happen yeah right that's just wrong that's she just doesn't not have what an alter mo- ego it's a it's a character it's an imaginary friend well it's like a it's like a, a character she's i writing. really thought it was internal thoughts and, and then, then it wasn't. Yeah, it's I, a lot of things. It's a lot that. of things. There were multiple times throughout this movie. I looked at Molly and I was like, "Is she real? Is I, this person real?" I know. I know. It was wild. This movie was released on July twenty first of the year two thousand and six. And I've got to know: Did either of you see this movie as a kid? No. No. Same. No. This is a first. Yeah. This is a first. Well, the top song of the time, a song that I'm sure we've all heard is Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado featuring Timbaland. Promiscuous girl, wherever you are, I'm all alone, and it's you that I want. Promiscuous boy, you already know, what you waiting for. Promiscuous girl, quit teasing me, you know what I want, and I got what you need. Wow. This is this is now like I'm about to enter my senior year of high school. Uh, so we're really like Yeah. Oh yeah. This is like peak MTV VH1 time. Mm-hmm. This is that's a good song. That song still slaps, I say. Oh, for sure. 
The top grossing film of the time was Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. Mm. That's the second, second one. one. Also That's known as just good. a massive prequel for the third one. That's, I don't like the, the third one. one, but I do like the second one. Do you remember when that movie came out? I saw that at the beach on summer vacation, actually. It seems to be an apropos place to see the movie. It was rainy one day when I was like on summer vacation. You know what, Molly? It was yep, rainy not one day. Picture. I thought you were sitting on the beach. No, I was watching a movie on like uh, a projector screen. No, I was. So I was like, oh, talk to me about how that worked out. No, I'm I was. Really doing I was lot, at mm. the beach with uh-huh. my on like a family vacation. And you and went to the movies because the weather it, wasn't yeah, good. So we went to see that movie instead. A classic after beach going to a shark museum. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. That was a nice day. I went, and, uh, on, I went on a date to that movie. Nice. Oh. Hmm. That's all. What year was it? 2006. How old was I? You know, you can... Uh, how old were you? Uh, you were 18. Uh, about f- five months from turning 18. Yeah, you were close to 18. In other top news of the time, Italy defeated France in penalty kicks in the 2006 FIFA World Cup. Hmm. The, the video game? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know the World Cup's a real thing. Yes. And MySpace.com surpasses Yahoo Mail for the first time and became the number one most visited website in the United States. Wow. You guys have a MySpace? No. No? 100% I did. Oh, I had a MySpace. Okay. I did not because you have to remember my upbringing. Yeah. I was, it was like, that's of the depth. No, nobody said that. We get it out and you're colorblind. Oh my God. (laughs) That would make the coding harder. You ever had to code your MySpace to add in We all learned HTML. You had to like add in widgets so like music would play Mm -hmm. and stuff when, and you had to pick your top eight. Would you remember the extension that made it like a top 16 or a top 32? Yeah. I think I had 16. You could like extend it. Yeah. I think I kept it at eight. I think I had 16. And I remember I wrote really inappropriate things for how old I was because I was like 17. So you know how you could do those little quizzes and put them on your thing where it'd be like favorite color, favorite oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like favorite drink and I thought I was being like edgy by being like mm, screwdriver or like beer or like whatever yeah, I wrote. Yeah. And then my boss at the summer camp found it and was like, you shouldn't write that. You're 17. And I like, she was cool. She was like, yeah. I, don't give, I don't give a shit what you do, but like, you're about to be applying for colleges. Like, take that shit Change off. She, yeah. she was giving. She you was a looking out. She, giving she, you the love. she yeah. was looking out. She yeah. was. She was really cool. But like, she hey, was like, for your own benefit. She's yeah. like, you know, do what you do. I, I get you're in high school. Do whatever you're doing, but maybe don't put it on a public <laughs> right. website. Keep, keep doing you, but also like maybe not openly. <laughs> uh, all right. So with that, are we ready to dive into read it and weep? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's I'm get bad. into it. Yeah. I'm ready to read it. I'm ready and to publish weep. all of my notes about this. Movie. Yeah. Oh, imagine. I, I, I'm not. My notes. That's the imagine point. somebody took all the notes we've taken on every decom and combined it into a book. I it would be it a would, very it confusing book. It wouldn't make any book. sense. It wouldn't. That's it's true. not full sentences. It'd be all over the place. It's not full sentences at all because I wrote, I write things like this is from last movie she's magic what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) so that would be uh and then she is she fucking her cousin question mark those are things i write so i mean if we gave it to ai they'd come up with something crazy i you you know what next thing we can i have all of my stuff in text form i know we need alan to send it because it would be too much of a pain to scan ours max oh that'd be great New plan. Uh, I now have that on my to-do list. Okay. This movie starts off strong, everybody, with a voiceover. Now, Alan, I know you haven't watched this show this much, but it is giving Sex in the City. Because Sex in the City iconically begins with Carrie doing a voiceover, and she's 
typing whatever she's writing because she's a columnist Mm -hmm. and that's her job she has a column called sex in the city Mm -hmm. and i sex in the city ran until 2004 but at this point it was i think in syndication and it was being watched by people like me who had not watched the hbo show but was watching like the tbs edited for content reruns which by Mm -hmm. the way are ridiculous because it's very clear samantha's saying things like blowjob and penis but they like blur it over but i feel like this was like inspired by sex in the city interesting i i know that i have a pretty strong stance against voiceovers to your point this one i also i had the initial sort of cringe but to your point i also got what she was doing because this the the first maybe five minutes of this film are our main character jamie writing in her journal and we're in, we just get really sort of rapid fire introduced to setting and characters. But she writes in her journal. She types her journal. Yeah, she type. Well, she has a, a cool tablet thing. Was, she does graphic design with her. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this is this is wild. It's a novella. What she's doing with her journal. It's like all different shapes and fonts and sizes of text and like. It's a creative enterprise. That's not a journal. Yeah, it, it was. It's a it's a visual novel. It looks like a ransom note. It really does. Yeah, it does. It really does. No, that's how journaling. Did you all have a journal? Not at this age, but when I was like, not at by this age, I mean, not in high school, but I did younger. Mm. When you were younger. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, for whatever reason, I expected you to say when I got older, but when you were younger. I had one when I was like middle school, probably. Mm. I think that I started a journal maybe three times and then I could never make it consistently. Mm. Much like our MySpace discussion, I got sucked into online journaling oh sure oh yeah i had a, mm-hmm. I had a yeah, zanga pretty active zanga for uh, sure. for, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. high school years so. oh nice yeah i think i did a little zanga but yeah i think i actually had a written journal when i was younger yeah yeah i no. i had a zanga and in most entries i would say i don't know why i'm writing this no one reads it anyway <laughs> that was almost every entry pal i was really so emo you're pal. so emo and i'll be like currently listening to dashboard confessional <laughs> mcr wow that's i really recommend anybody to listen to music i like not that anybody reads this so good it oh, was God. it's it is a perfect 16 year old we were... <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great okay so uh for jamie Jamie is articulating her lived experience through the lens of a fantasy world she is creating, mm-hmm. complete with characters who are who are made up but are definitely based on people in her real life. And that's how we get introduced to our cast and characters. We have Jamie, who is our main character, but her sort of alter in this universe is Isabella. The nickname is stupid ass nickname for Isabella. Bella or Issa is a better name, but is is what she goes by. I was fine with is. I just wish it was spelled I-Z instead of I-S. Because they would write like is, is. And I was like, like, first first name, first name. What? Yep. So we have. But is is like. The cool version. Like the cooler version of her. Like, Like, you know, when you imaginary have fights in the shower like or like you oh, think yeah. of a comeback Obviously. you should have said yeah later is, is would have the comeback. is would have the she's she's suave she's beautiful she's like always well dressed physically fit we see her do the rope uh, y'all remember the rope do the rope i, had yeah, to do I the never rope. had to do the i could do oh. it when i was like much younger but and then i got I um, the rope. boobs 
and sure. can uh, do it anymore. Mm. I never had to do the rope, but is can do the rope. Mm. Jamie cannot do the rope. Yeah, I Whatever think, Jamie can't do is can do. Also, I registered part of is as Jamie's internal dialogue. If there, right. if there is something that Jamie wants to say, but won't because of her own sort of like timidity or her aversion to saying it is, would not have no such reservation. Well, is all eventually becomes her darkest thoughts also like is no transforms. kidding. It gets super dark. Anyway, we're, we're jumping ahead. So this is, this is what Jamie is doing. She's journaling through the lens of a fantasy world. That's representing her idealized, the idealized version of her current state. We meet really quickly in, in this setup, Jamie's two friends, the, villain i guess sort of the bully at school named sawyer uh and sawyer's significant other marco who jamie is pining over as well as connor who is jamie's friend who i until learning his name called him blonde boy mm. um blonde boy who glances is sort of his his profile and <laughs> in, in my in my notes and this is the casting crew that we are going to be revolving around mostly people who we will get introduced to a bit later are mom and dad and brother and brother uh as the family unit that is all in the first five minutes we have we have voiceover writing understanding what it is that jamie is doing in terms of writing her in her journal and our cast and characters they really went back to this line because at a certain point it, sawyer who is the real life version of this person is myrna in jamie's jamie's journal good confusing it gets so confusing for everybody and she she loves this insult because she says it at least three times throughout the movie hearing sawyer's name can cause milk to curdle she's so mean it's gross it's i mean really gross i do want to say that it made the start of this movie super confusing because the cutaways that they make to the journal being sort of narrated by jamie are so sudden you're like oh shit we're back in it like it, it was a very it was sort of jarring if you didn't know as a viewer was going on you're like why what's happening who's who are these casting characters you know listener that's sort of uh, a hint for you that's what's happening in the first section of this film now that that's established how'd you like the voiceover alan i still didn't like it i thought that it was used well here because she's she is, like you mentioned with Carrie, although I didn't make that connection at all, uh, but I appreciate the analogy. She's articulating what she's writing and then thinking, then what will ultimately make it into her journal? The bullies, when we see them at school, look like they shopped in Sharpay's closet. They uh, also look like they're 20. I actually thought mostly the cast looked age appropriate. I, I actually made a note of it yeah, because we have had a lot of movies where the cast looks 25 and they are. Um I don't really care about the bullies, but I thought at least Jamie, her friends, Connor, they actually looked like they were in high school. Yeah, I, I was pleased to see that because it's a rarity. Harmony and Lindsay, by the way, are the names. Harmony of the and Lindsay, thank you. Yeah, Sawyer looks a little bit older, um, but it might also just be that she's like a tall and she, girl. They, they're freshmen, so she might be a she junior. Just or senior. Might, yeah, she might be a senior. She looks a little bit older, so. Uh, by comparison, she looks older, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I agree, Molly, that most everyone looks. Uh, other age i also think that this is a pretty solid introduction of mm. the cast so like oh, they yeah. pretty quickly uh establish all of the players in this sort of like alter ego narration way but i like that they just boom like you, they drop you in it is they cut back a lot to your point but by 
a couple minutes in, you're dropped in, you know everybody that's in, and, and you're moving. Very Phantom of the Megaplex. True. Very, uh, I think not Phantom like, did not it better. Like, yeah, not like one-word descriptions of people, but I agree that they Quick. establish all the players quickly. And also, like if, you, if we think about the friends uh, that are in orbit around Jamie that we have throughout this, like Harmony is sort of the the dry friend the friend who's like i actually found her personality to be pretty neutral in this she's just like she is just sort of there to be the person you bounce ideas off of whereas uh lindsay is the activist Mm -hmm. i liked harmony harmony's the artist yeah ah thank you that's her that's her thing she draws i yes harmony's an artist they're both pretty good friends no no they're great friends really good friends throughout this one of the first things that happens at school that's of note is that they're in English class and they have to read a poem. And uh, Marco, Marco, who looks older and is dating Sawyer. So it's a little confusing, like why they'd all be in the same English class. But I Makes guess no I sense. shouldn't worry about that too much. He reads a poem and it's a it's a, a beautiful poem and it's tender and romantic. And all the girls, including Jamie, are fawning over Marco, who is named Marco in the book. And Man, also real Marco stretch. in real life, and yet he doesn't realize it's about him when the book gets published. But he's a big dumb dummy. He's a big dumb dummy. He's your classic like dumb jock, high school dreamboat. I mean, guy. like dumb dreamboat. Yeah, they try to establish him as not that because of this poem. Yeah, they try to make you think in the beginning like, oh, he's not just hot, but he's deep. And, and he's like nice yeah. and considerate. It's like a Troy Bolton knockoff. Yeah. And and meanwhile, while he's reading this poem, Blonde Boy. Bon, blonde Boy Who Glances. Is just staring at Jamie in yeah. class. And you're like, well, he likes her. Of course. Obviously. Of course. Obviously. But she's enamored with Marco and his amazing poem. Yes. Which actually leads to one of my, uh, uh, the, you can tell the writing in this movie is good. They come out of that class are walking together the three girls and connor and jamie says like he can write poetry too is there anything he can't do to which connor says write poetry got him yeah. fucking nailed him yeah like way, way to go connor. now listen i'm gonna spoil something yeah i'm gonna jump all the way to the end i'm gonna spoil no. oh my Take goodness max sending out marker didn't write the poem bum 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 connor write the poem what why does Connor not just say, hey, he didn't write that? Like, what has he got on him? What's what, Marco got what's on happening Connor? In this, I, like, b- b- the only reason is so that you can have the twist at the end, but there's no reason why Connor wouldn't be like, guys, he paid me 50 bucks to write hey, that. Yeah, I, I wrote that. Yeah, he, yeah he, he paid me money like, to write that. Clearly, the, the girl he likes is enamored with this poem. He wrote it. Marco, who he's jealous of, didn't fucking do it. Why would you not say to your very good friend, yeah, I wrote that? Maybe uh, she wouldn't believe him? You, or it just doesn't make any sense. Or it falls under like the classic thing that we always see in these types of movies and in shows in media at the time is like people don't fucking talk to each other. Nobody says how they're feeling. Nobody talks or articulates their thoughts out loud. It just feels like a thing that I don't even care about the romance aspect. If. I was making money writing poems for yes. some dumbass jock. 
My, my friends, friends would know. Like, yeah. I, I'd be like, hey, guys, I could get lunch. Marco paid me 50 bucks to write a haiku. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Arby's is on me. Yeah, I made $5 a word. Like, <laughs> guys, I crushed. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, you're right. You're right. That's it's a good wild. point. That's a good point. Like, it doesn't make I didn't think any, about the it. The only reason that it's in there is so that they can twist, twist the end, the and twist. it's a bad twist. It's just like, it's a, hey, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah Connor's like, hey, pizza's on me, and, and Jamie's like, anywhere but my dad's joint. Like, God damn it, he's putting, he's putting liver and onions on pizza. Okay. By the way, listener, Jamie's dad named Ralph owns Ralph's Pizza a- Shack. A.K.A. the dad from Even Stevens. Correct. Mm. Uh, this is just a community theater Yeah, because Jamie reprisal. was in uh, that horrible one. Life, life is, is rough. rough. Yeah. And then the person who plays is, is in life, the actor who plays Jamie's older sister. Yeah. But uh, she was also in, um, she was in Stuck in the Suburbs. Stuck in the Suburbs, mm-hmm. yes. So it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It, it's just a, it's the community theater family and actual family coming together. So Ralph's Pizza Shack. Ralph, God, I, the, 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 this is just another, like, why is this happening? Dad is a lovable dumbass. He's just <laughs> such a big dummy. He's a very bad pizza shop owner. He, he is, his shtick is he owns a pizza joint and he is convinced that the next big thing is something other than cheese and or pepperoni pizza. That's right. And he's got to make new combinations. And then, and then at the end of this movie, they're going to have the, the stress of financial troubles. And I'm going to go, gee, I wonder why. Yeah. What? Hey, Ralph, I, that is the thing. He, your fucking R and D budget is through the roof. His pizza recipes or his pizza restaurant is in financial trouble. So yeah, he's spending a shit ton of money on ingredients like liver and chicken feet. Those aren't inexpensive yeah. ingredients and it's a bold move why not bold sausage move, i also it's not obvious to me until we i know i'm jumping to the end a lot here but like that did that financial situation thing kind of come out of nowhere yes. oh, out of the yes. blue dude like because now what i'm trying to like as i'm sort of retroactively looking at it it's that he's doing this experiment because the pizza shop's not making money and so he's trying to find the thing that will drum up business. Make better pizza. Whereas it's like, maybe you should just make pizza people want to eat. And yeah, then, dog. And then you'll do okay. Actually, yeah, Ralph. chicken paws are pretty cheap. So maybe that's what he was thinking. <laughs> I need yeah. to make it with cheaper ingredients. Yeah, I need to not get better cheese or make dough. That, by the way, that looks like puffy pizza. Well, that... Uh, so I can understand why people wouldn't want to eat it. Actually, mm-hmm. now I'm reading that they're not. I don't know if the chicken feet are expensive or not, but you can get a tray of them for uh 325 at walmart you know i'm good uh had them and i'm good yeah it just feels like this there's a lot that happens at the end of this movie that i don't think feels earned oh absolutely and one of it is the twist with connor and another one is the financial struggles of the pizza shop like it doesn't we'll go there but i think there's a lot of stress that happens at the end of this film that they try to build tension around that i go well that is that that hasn't been happening this whole movie yeah they they they're like we need to give this more stakes yeah and it's one of those like no 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 we've already got our central plot let's just i don't need more i don't need more i have the central conflict uh, we're set and that's enough okay so dad on the pizza shop that's established here the next big driver is we have the trio so jamie harmony and Lindsay at a sleepover uh, and they're doing what everybody does at a sleepover, which is discuss homework. And they <laughs> are chatting about the assignment that they have coming up. You need to submit an essay. The top essay that gets submitted 
is going to be published in a local publication. And we learn here through Lindsay and Harmony that Jamie is a very good writer and that they think if, if she published something that she was passionate about, that she could win because she does, does a great job. Um, and she's like, nah, I wrote about break times at school or whatever. Cool. She also says, they said, if you're not a writer, why are you writing all the time? And she says, and I quote, if I didn't, I'd have a nutty. She did say that. And what? I had never heard that phrase before. Neither have I. So I looked it up uh-huh. and it actually took more research than I thought to find out what the definition is uh-huh. because it's not a very common phrase apparently, but it's basically like a mental breakdown or like a mental like break. Sure. But I was like, that's a crazy phrase to it have feels, a teenager It feels say. insensitive. Yeah. It, it doesn't feels feel very good. Insensitive. Like she might as well just be like, I'd go berserk. Like, I don't know. Just, I'd lose it. I'd, it was like they tried, they were trying to make her sound witty or like yeah like they were trying to make it sound cool or like she has like a, a pretty large vocabulary that she can just like pull yeah because she has a lot of her vocabulary throughout this movie sorry to interrupt you Molly. a lot of her vocabulary is like she uses needlessly big words or needlessly complex uh sentence structures throughout this just to articulate the like yeah she's smart and good at writing mm-hmm. yeah it just didn't make a lot of sense and i was like that's a weird phrase for her to say right now the ultimate end game of this is we are introduced. Uh, I guess there's another thing that we have to mention because it gets paid off a little bit later. They watch a soap opera uh, and yeah. they are fawning over the actors and actresses in the soap opera that will come back, but I'm not going to give it any more time and attention because again, as it comes back later, it just feels like another thing that's thrown into the pot. What the ultimate crux of this is during the viewing of the soap opera, Jamie is distracted. And instead of sending her, essay to Lindsay to be printed she accidentally sends her journal to Lindsay to be printed Lindsay, here's i'm gonna get to this in just a second because i have a lot of problems with this Lindsay prints the journal having heard what jamie said her essay was about so the journal doesn't look like somebody wrote a fucking paper correct like, it's a graphic novel it's, correct it's, like when that comes out of the printer you don't go oh, that's a that's a paper no you go holy fuck they're using so much of my color ink like yeah and it's so like 28 much. pages long like it's and, long and then to make matters worse Lindsay reads it and then doesn't have the wherewithal to think oh wait Jamie mentioned last night that she wrote it about break times. Not a singular bit of this is about break times. And instead of asking her friend about this, staples it together and submits it on behalf of, on behalf of Jamie. Ultimately, what comes of this is Jamie figures out that the wrong paper was submitted when that paper wins the award and is then published in this sort of local publication and then read out loud by her English teacher. Wait, wait, wait. Very quick. This thing moves. This thing moves quick. This speed is of twitches. Yeah, like. it is. Because Jamie, the moment it, it I, I might have missed something, but what it feels like is the moment that Lindsay reveals to Jamie, oh, you wrote a novel. What are you talking about? You submitted like 28 pages. Oh my gosh, it was my journal. It was already in the paper. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it had already been, she just dropped it off. It had already been taken in one and printed in a paper and everyone in school was reading it. Maybe and it was I was a like, couple days later. The fuck? A couple weeks we, we, later. we don't have any idea of timeline. I will tell you in terms of timeline of the film, I paused it because I was like, how, how 
far are we in and how much do we have left? This event happens at 21 minutes into this movie. So at 21 minutes, we've already got this established. And I thought to myself in that moment, how are we going to fill the next hour? With what, with what, and I'll tell you how we're going to fill it. We're going to slam on the brakes so hard. Everybody in the car gets whiplash. That's true. And you experience the same thing over and over and over and over and over again yeah, in true old decom The next 40 of this is slow. Classic decom. It's slow and, and, and just so damn repetitive. Yeah. Like there, I actually made a note and we'll get to it later. Where I was like, I'm ready to hit resolution now. I'm ready for us to resolve well, this. Like, We've seen it too much. I felt like there wasn't any conflict really for the first half of the movie. Like I kept being like, when is something bad going to happen? Yeah. You know, because right now nothing bad happens. Jamie gets popular because of her publication. She, well, she gets a book deal. She gets a fucking book deal yep. because of this publication. It's again, it is Max, like you mentioned, submitted, published in a newspaper book deal within a matter of three days. Yeah, she has, a book. and and on the fourth, and, and on the, the fourth day, she's the handler, and then the book is printed like within a month, like two months maybe. Like it's it's so fast. This is what pisses me off about this part. So she comes home, mom's like, "Hey, they want to make a book of your of your journal of your essays." Yeah, and you just have to have more stuff. And Jamie's like, "No, I didn't even want that essay printed. I don't want to make a book deal." And she's like, "This could be amazing for your future. Think about it." So she like looks at the fact that she's got other journals written and she's like, I do have enough to make a book. Let's do it. And then she like brags to her brother that she's getting a book deal. Then the book deal happens. Everyone in school is reading the book and she acts embarrassed and shocked and that everyone's reading the book. Like you agreed to the book deal. You gave them the material. You gave them the material. So then she walks down the hall, everybody's reading the book and she's like, oh my God, don't look at me. Oh my God, I can't believe everyone's reading it. And I'm like, how? You've, you made the book. Yeah. Like you, you willingly you enthusiastic. You, the essay happened on accident. Right. The book happened on purpose. Yeah. Right. And you made that call. So there's one scene of her being horrified that everyone's reading the book, but then it completely flips. But yeah. that scene was so unnecessary to me, and I was 100%. confused why she was horrified that people were reading the book that she expressly gave permission to make and then bragged about. And this is uh, agreed. And this moment, this entire sequence is when I began questioning is is real. Because she now begins appearing in scenes where Jamie is having out loud. We know it to be out fucking loud dialogue with this imaginary question mark person and other characters are commenting on it. Yeah. Initially we see is popping up and she's like giving thoughts and Jamie's responding, but initially no one else is, is commenting on the fact that she's saying it out loud. And so I just thought this was, animated Lizzie McGuire. I thought that this was Mm -hmm. my internal thought process. Mm -hmm. I just thought that this was the alter ego that's in my head that is cooler than I am. That's like voicing what I would like to say, but I don't actually act on it. Right. And she would have these conversations, but I'm like, that's all in her head. And then somebody was like, who are you talking to? And I went, wait, all of this has been out loud. Like apparently the fuck is going on? It, it, this whole movie, all of her interactions with this character in front of everyone in at one point on a stage in front of a microphone on on at another point to support you. She grabs the fake hand of his and pulls fake hand of his off. Yeah, at the, the, when that happens at the end, I was like, what is going on? Uh, clinically, I don't know like, what to say. 
I don't know what to say about it. Like it is, it is just there are parts of this. I'm like, I and I, and again, I was like, is this meant to be? Rep-? I genuinely didn't know if she was meant to be like portraying something that's like, are you? Are you? Is this intended to like be a commentary on something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think so. Certainly not in 2006 from the Disney Channel. But that's where my head went. I was like, is this intended to be a commentary? Yeah. And uh, because if so, not well done and not clear. Uh, and I was like, I, I'm so perplexed. But anyway, right now, the beginnings of this are she is articulating her thoughts out loud and it is not yet escalated to like physically interacting with an imaginary friend, which is what I'm I am assuming is the intended message of this Mm -hmm. or portrayal. A side consequence of Jamie becoming incredibly popular is dad's pizza shop starts blowing up. And I'm only bringing this up because we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, We have another instance of where. We are hiring a child labor force that does not fill out an I-9 or a W-2, and they are enlisted into work very quickly because uh, while Jamie works for the family business, which is acceptable, mom hires Connor, Lindsay, and Harmony on the spot. I think Harmony and they already start- works there, but yeah, Lindsay and Connor are just at the restaurant, and mom's like, you guys going to sit around and eat pizza all day or are you gonna serve some and they're like we don't work here you don't pay us and she goes i do now and throws aprons at them mm-hmm. and and once again i wonder why this pizza shop isn't doing very well financially feels like they're just hiring people left and right yeah you know uh, just paying. I, I don't i don't mean to backtrack and we don't need to spend you know more than the sentence on it but i did want to say that at some point sawyer calls the paper weak sauce and i have not heard weak sauce in quite a long time and it just that was an insult that made me chuckle i also there was a scene where they stopped at a makeup counter Mm -hmm. oh the animal testing scene yeah uh harmony and jamie stop at a makeup counter this is prior to jamie being cool because sawyer makes fun of them and Lindsay stops them because this makeup brand tests on animals but they come out (laughs) And like football, they look like they're getting ready to go to a football game. Half of their face <laughs> is about ten shades darker yeah. than their actual um, skin. They didn't. They didn't get a match. It is. You know, I don't know a lot about makeup. Yeah, but that wasn't it. Yeah, no, it, that, I, I'm aware that there is skin tone matching. Yeah, they, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They didn't get it. And I mean, there is a funny joke because Sawyer makes fun of them. She's like, "Did you get dressed in the dark?" Do your makeup in the dark yeah. and then they show their faces and they look at Lindsay. they're like you could have at least let us finish yeah and she's like but the bunnies also like what but the, the bunnies but the bunnies now now putting the the obvious bigger issue of bunnies aside what the fuck would you expect if you did finish your ears are still going to be the shade of your face so your neck as an and so is your neck yeah. it's just it you wasn't just, gonna look good no it's what. not gonna it's gonna look like you put on bad self-tanner yeah they looked like they had on a lot of bronzer they yes did. yeah they were jersey shore yeah. on on one half of their face for sure cabs here so we have uh, after we have the the popularity exploding uh jamie's popularity exploding excuse me and d- again dad's a level of dumbass because he's like people must really like my liver and onion pizza and it's like you're nah, an bro. absolute dipshit dad yeah. nah, and bro. jamie keeps being like i don't want my dad to know that it's cousin me, but like literally on the sign, it's like here's the pizza special. Also, Jamie's she's here. here. Yeah. Like how, featured in. Yeah, how does the dad not know that it's not about him? Right. Yeah. What level of willful willful ignorance are you operating in? 
We now have now entering the scene is new event that will certainly become the point of another conflict. And that is the deep blue sea dance Mm. where the friend group of four decides they are going as a group now because they don't have anybody to ask and they don't have anybody to ask them. Mm -hmm. And and again, Connor likes Jamie. So he is in on this. But it's an important thing that they agree to go together because nobody wants to go alone to the dance. Correct. This is also in, and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Connor takes this as an opportunity to ask Jamie to the dance and sort of express his affection. Uh, he does so by, instead of asking his parents to drive him to the dance, he accepts a job to be uh, effectively a surf for his older brother who also is Who's 40. 45. <laughs> and, and, I literally thought it was his dad. Yeah, it's he's, he's significant. Connor must have been like the biggest oops baby known to man if that is if his brother's in his like late 30s and Connor is 13. Late, late brother's still living at home though. So. Yeah, true, true. Um, so Connor is now going to effectively live in servitude to his older brother so that his brother might drive him and Jamie to the dance. That happens. I'm literally just going to drop it here because it will come up at the end of the film. Well, but to be clear, Connor doesn't ask Jamie to dance. Correct. Connor, they agree that they'll go as a group. Correct. And Connor doesn't actually act on his, uh, desire. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he does. He basically offers his brother's truck up to the group, which mm-hmm. includes Jamie. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's. I think uh, going back to your thing about why he didn't say anything. I think this is all to illustrate that Connor is shy and yeah, chicken maybe. and timid, and that he's too afraid to speak up. So I guess that would be the reasoning behind him not saying why he. Mm. I think I essay. need more from that early scene. Then, yeah, that like establishes either dramatic irony in that we the audience know yeah that he wrote it and that he's just not sharing it or like some kind of build to to pay it off because watching it without that it just doesn't make any sense why he wouldn't say anything 100 i i I agree completely we have this occur and then the next big event is out of the fucking blue jamie gets a handler and the handler is the mom from Brink. Nice. Uh, God, this is just one big community theater. So no explanation as to why. Ralph even asks, like, where'd you come from? And she does not answer the question. And instead is like, I'm in charge of your now. And is just just the celebrity handler. This is when we hit. I'm, I'm going to kind of montage this. And if you both have any sort of like significant moments you want to talk about. Yeah. Please feel free. But this is the Jamie gets famous montage. I don't understand why it's she keeps calling her a handler because she's like her agent. Yeah. She's not a handler. She introduces herself as a handler. I know, but it's just a weird word. I agree. I I, I, don't I wasn't. It, it's like people would often call this is a weird aside. People would often call character attendants, character handlers mm-hmm. at Disney. And I never liked it because I was like, I'm not handling them. Yeah. I'm not like. I'm not grabbing Mickey Mouse and and, and pulling him places. Sometimes at media events, you get what people say is a handler. Because it's like, if you've got a lot of interviews and places to Mm -hmm. be, they'll like assign you someone to walk you around. Because like some people coming to media events aren't as familiar with the parks. Mm -hmm. If they're coming from like a national media source. Yeah. 
and yeah some people call them handlers and i just am like what a weird word i don't to like it yeah but i never it, liked it but it especially feels weird in this hand in this instance because to me if you are going to call someone a handler it's for like one event yeah whereas this is she's clearly an agent she's booking her gigs she's making sure she looks good at the gigs she's like arranging transfer like she's not a, a handler she's handling her pr yeah it's a lot but what happens in this section and this is about 20 minutes of this movie 20 I, to 25 minutes i want to point out that at this point i've written is there a conflict in this movie question mark the timestamp over 30 minutes the, no conflict yet yeah no, none whatsoever Jamie gets famous. She goes on uh, new local news stations that then goes to national news stations where she's interviewed about the book. She then goes to famous people parties where she meets her idols, namely those that start in the soap opera that she was watching earlier. She has her mom dance the robot with somebody that mom likes. I, I did feel like I am Jamie. Like at that party, I've been every version of Jamie at like events. Because there's like the version of Jamie that's like sees people that she thinks are cool but doesn't want to talk to them. Then there's the version of Jamie who does get to meet some of those people and is like, how do I talk to you? And then there's the version where someone she thinks is cool also thinks she's cool. I felt like Jamie at a media event in, in a lot of instances. Or like there's also the version of like you meet someone and they're an asshole to you until they realize who you Something are of value like yeah and i just was like wow i've had every single one of these experiences because like i've met people at events that are like oh yeah i like your stuff and i'm like you like my stuff i like your stuff that's cool and then yeah but i just like thought that was a fun little bit the the ultimate end game of all this is that jamie's gonna get the popular kid at school montage the the walk into the school is the popular yeah, kid you guys know i love a cool kid walks into school and i gotta say former nerd turned cool kid walks into school very rewarding we also get a, I mean, a Mean Girls callback here where she gets invited to eat lunch with Sawyer and at the popular table. And literally we hear Lindsay and Harmony after say, how was lunch with the populars? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I even looked it up. I was like, when did Mean Girls come out? Because it just is straight out of Mean Girls. Yeah. Like, yeah, th those are the populars. Like, and once again, they're really good friends because when Sawyer calls her over and is like, hey, I want to hear about the party with the people, the cast of whatever TV show. She looks at her friends and she's like, I'd rather eat with you guys. And they're like, no, go like have fun. Tell your stories like we've heard them all. Like they're really good friends. And yeah. then Lindsay says things like, just make sure you come to my protest about the animals being tested on for the makeup. And you're like, she's and she's like, I'm gonna definitely going to be there. I wouldn't miss it for the world. And you're like, she's going to miss the protest. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it, the, my issue with this part of the movie is that to your point, there's not been any conflict. And so obviously there has to be conflict. We have to see her turn. We all know what's going to happen. It's very predictable. What's going to happen. But because they've not done anything with it, now it all happens at once. Mm -hmm. It's like she sits down at this table after having just said to her friends, like, no, really, I want to sit with you all. Like, I don't really care to sit with them. They're the fucking villains in my story. Immediately, she's a bad person. Like, immediately, she's no longer nice. And she has lived long enough to see herself become the villain. Like, it's it is crazy. Switch. It happens immediately. And this lunch is the moment where it turns. Yeah, it becomes like she then every time the friends talk to her, she's like, oh, I can't. I have a limo waiting for me. I got to go do this thing. And then every time she says that, the friends let her off the hook. And then Lindsay says something like, 
okay, that's fine this time, but you'll be at the animal protest, right? And I'm like, we get it. We get it. We get it. She's not going to go to the animal protest. They bring it up like thrice. Even at the animal protest, though, I want to I just like plus one you, Molly. Even at the animal protest, which obviously she's not going to go at because it's been brought up so many times. They finally go to the animal protest. Shocker. Jamie's not there. But what do the friends say? This isn't about Jamie. It's about her handler. They let her off the hook at the fucking protest. They let her off the hook because they're like, this isn't Jamie. This is her handler. Mm-hmm. Her handler is the reason she's not here. Jamie would want to be here. Fuck no. She's a jerk. Yeah, she's she's at this point, And again, we're jumping ahead and we'll kind of go back to where we are. She's fully transformed at this point and is compliant. But it happened so fast. It like, happened. She- it really happened. It, like... Nothing at all, nothing at all, insta-swap. It's literally after the lunch. They're walking home, and she literally says, they say, how was lunch with the populars? She says, it was fine, but I rather would have I rather would have sat with y'all. She, the friends are like, okay, we got to go to the pizza place for, a jo- for our shift. And she goes, oh, didn't I tell you? I quit. I thought I told my handler to tell you. It's not like I need the money anyway. And it's like in that conversation yeah. she switches mode. yeah it's it's the moment she sits down at the populars is like the turn for me mm-hmm. and she's never good like that now she's a villain yep it's and- it's crazy okay so we know she's going to skip this animal rights uh, gathering however however what we have right now is a, a montage of connor now trying to call jamie so she's walked home from the cafeteria with her friends. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have to cut in because right after the lunch where she's with the populars, mm-hmm. Connor is going to ask Jamie to the dance. Uh, mm-hmm. yes. And this happens as Marco is going to ask Jamie. And this is again, how we know Jamie has become a terrible person. Well, well that's not quite yet because there's a funny scene first they have a where, moment. where Marco goes to the pizza parlor to look for Jamie and he uh, runs into oh, Connor instead right. and he says will you tell her that's I'm right. looking she, for her yeah. he goes will you tell Jamie I'm looking for her and Connor goes no, no. which I did think <laughs> was very funny and then he's like oh she doesn't uh, work here anymore but the the bit was funny yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh you're right you're right right and it's then later, then Connor knows Marco's only coming. He's going to ask her to the dance. I got to get myself a scene up first and do it. But then, yes, there's a weird montage where he keeps trying to call her, but like she's too busy to take his calls. Bop, 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 bop. Eventually, Marco asks her to the dance. Yeah. And, and he, does. and, and seeing what's happening, Connor runs up to try to interrupt to ask her. He falls down on the ground, laying on the ground between them. No one helps him up. She puts nope. her foot on him. Is, is, quote, sure. is, puts her foot down and pushes him on the Pins ground. Him. And then is, she's is like, real. she goes, Connor Marco's talking right now. And I was like, oh my God. Like, Poor you Connor. have become a villain. Poor Connor. That, it's just so bad. So after, again, Jamie transforms into a villain by following somebody who I'm not convinced is an imaginary friend. The next thing that happened, because I actually had a question for myself, like, is is the villain? Um, which the answer, of course, is yes. But what results, and, and what's just so wild, is that we have Jamie go on a news show. Oh, it's so embarrassing. It's so where, uncomfortable. Oh, this thing is wild. The anchor asks her to tell her the inspiration for the book, and 
All I can say or describe it as is Jamie glitches out. She she glitches because she's like she she's half talking like is half talking like herself half talking to is that's too many halves but you get it and then eventually she says she's things three like, halves of a person right now it's not too many oh, halves no nah, that's a, that's how it is that's what's happening that's accurate <laughs> but then math. eventually she's like i am is and the interviewer's like you you're is? are and she's like yeah and then she accidentally says sawyer instead of myrna and it basically it results in her slipping that the journal and the book are or the book is based on her journal and all the characters are based on real people in school well the really inconvenient thing is that there's a hundred inch screens everywhere in this town that are all <laughs> it's new york city it's basically times square dude that was wild <laughs> that i when they did that cutaway i was like are you what every Ooh. corner of this town she's living in is just massive screens covered. that are displaying this interview covered in screens and now finally in my opinion we have conflict yes because like we knew she would like this is the actual conflict yep. of the movie because we already knew she was going to turn into a spoiled brat like we knew that the whole time to me that's not a huge conflict yeah but now the populars confront her everybody confronts her and they're like wait was i in the book and now her popularity fame is a fickle thing everyone hates her yes i did like the sign off from the news though because after you've just watched a teenage meltdown (laughs) the news anchor anchor turns the camera and goes coming up next seven things in your toilet bowl that can kill you (laughs) It's so Robin Shcherbatsky. It really is. Felt very apropos after the meltdown. Um, All everybody in the school do a mass confrontation of Jamie because they're unhappy that they were written about in a fantasy realm. Jamie has since, I'm going to say lost her friends. The reality is her friends are just like, over over her at this point Mm -hmm. and um, mad with good reason. Like legitimately upset. Now everybody is writing to the same this mystery school newspaper publication that apparently has sway over the entire town is an enigma to me because now there are pages and pages and pages of letter to the editor just absolutely shitting on Jamie. And why would you do that? Here's the question. It's not like that. It's not. It's not like her essay was the was published the week before in which that's when you'd write a letter to the editor. It'd be like, dear editor, I really liked this article on blank or I didn't like this or this fact was wrong. Right. That the the newspaper article came out months ago at this point. And now everyone's writing letters to the editor about it that makes no sense it's like i just need a platform to tell everybody fuck these kids you know what i mean like There's they no just Facebook. need they, they just needed need, twitter <laughs> they needed twitter God. and so they just write up a slam book on jamie and they're like publish this like it's just everybody <laughs> typing so their silly. harshest like disses and we, like yeah, publish it and please. like sending it to and the, the newspaper sounds like fuck it like <laughs> they're like ship, ship it. it ship it they're like clearly a hot topic people will read this let's issue. go we are a gossip column <laughs> Apparently. it's just gossip a full gossip paper yeah um in the in the midst of this God, this happens, and I'm just so mystified by it. In the midst of all of this conflict, we see and hear Jamie arguing vocally, verbally, out loud with Iz, 
in the midst of the argument, Iz somehow takes over in possession of Jamie, and Jamie walks into her brother, Lenny, Kenny, Lenny, his room, who is Alan from High School Musical, by the way, mm. and is like, fucking hang it up. Nobody wants to listen to your guitar playing. You hack. <laughs> Give it up. I didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't, walks out of the room. I didn't need this subplot where the brother is a musician and he's really good, but he never wants to play in front of people. Like, I didn't need this plot. It, 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 correct. What the fuck, this, this is the moment where he says, I'm sorry if my music is interrupting you talking to yourself. And I was like, wait what? a minute, she's actually talking out loud? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. this yes, was yes. the moment where yeah. I realized that's not internal thought. That <laughs> this is real? This is real life? This happening? Because he says it out loud. And I, I don't Is this the vessel for that message being displayed? Maybe. But it could have also happened with him going up and knocking on her door and being like, hey, why are you, who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to have her absolutely dump on her brother's hobby to have, I mean, granted, is it, is it also saying for the umpteenth time she's turning into the villain? Yeah. Is this when she gets on AOL Instant Messenger? Too? Yeah. Yes. She gets on AIM. And all the friends God, disappear part. because they're all unfriending her because they the all hate time. her. And I'm like, boy, that is the lowest low. That would be <laughs> the, is the lowest low is when everyone unfriends you from AOL Instant Messenger. That really, because I'm going to tell you a lot of people, on my buddy list that I wasn't friends with. And no, so if I was going to remove people. Oh man, the effort, that would be an extra. Oh, You'd have to be I had so many people on my buddy list. That I did not talk to God, they Man, just took I the miss time. AIM. I miss a, I do too. I don't miss much of those days, but I sort of miss like I miss logging on at night and like bloop, everybody bloop, being bloop, online and like getting, getting all the hot goss. Yeah, setting that away message. Brb ttyl. Leave it. If yeah. this is Mark, call me. If not, if this isn't Mark, a song lyric like lie no, last and then just people's initials. Yeah. Oh, uh, so everybody but Connor is off of her friends list and they have this deep conversation where Jamie's like, you don't hate me. And he's like, no, I don't hate you. I hate who you've become. Hell what yeah. you've become. What yeah. you become. And she's like, I do too. But then, and that briefs Connor to write his own letter to the editor. But, but then she has a conversation with is where she's like, I don't like what I've become. And is is like, yeah, but without your fame, your dad's pizza parlor goes up there. What the fuck, man? I, I, that, what the fuck is, what the this? Fuck is this emotional is this? manipulation? And I was like, wait, is is like her darkest thoughts? Like what? I, it, it, the is is so ambiguous. Is is so many different things and nothing consistent all at the same time. Is like because, the hero in her story, in her journal, and also the worst. Like, and yeah, Is is literally the hero of her book, but also she's... To me, when she was saying, like, your parents are gonna, like, you have to keep going for your parents, I was like, okay, well, that's your, like, inner demons talking. That's your, like, when you're trying to make a decision and you've got, like... You know, I was like, is this her inner monologue? Is it? Uh, and I, also, I'm I'm gonna like, okay, this is you're so right about the pizza thing, and like my logic brain couldn't help but be like, you know, mom and dad are gonna talk, and mom's gonna go, even with this big month, it doesn't make up for all of last year's losses, and I'm like, okay, then how is this fucking her fault? Like, right? Your, your pizza restaurant was just operating at a huge financial loss for an entire year, and so. 
now Jamie's like, well, if you don't keep being a dick, you're going to cost the pizza. No, the pizza parlor was never working. Like it right. just wasn't functioning. Right. It's right. not your fault. It's not functioning. By the way, there's one thing that we missed in this, like uh, we, in all this, and it is, there is a scene where Jamie had previously enlisted Lindsay and Harmony to help with the, under the sea oh, dance the dance and they're doing decorations. a, uh, they're doing a, yeah, a paper mache of a whale for the under the sea dance. It's nice. And it looks great. And the, it is Jamie be, enlisted them and, and then she, she bailed on. Bailed. Yeah. Lindsay and Harmony are obviously miffed with Jamie at this point, And their retaliation is to fill the whale with flyers that say, save the whales and seaweed. I really thought we were going to get a carry moment. With blood? Not with blood, but I thought it was going to rain down upon, like, over the stage, mm. rain down upon mm. Jamie. Yeah. Mm. Like, I thought, I the thought the ending the was the, like, it was going to come down yeah. on her as the, and maybe, maybe she moves and it comes down on Sawyer, but, like, that the setup was going to be a carry specific setup. for Jamie. Specific for Jamie. Yeah. And it ended up being very different, but you I know, was like, is this a carry set up I, I don't know i i do really like harmony the look that molly gets in her eye when she is when about she sets up it's always the same way too you know you know i like I, this character i do think that this person has done this i yeah i think i do like harmony huh. it's the way that she's sort of Twinkles, you know, the, the eye right. twinkles as she they dilate. <laughs> yeah. So you know what, Molly? Tell us why, why you, you like harmony. harmony. Well, I knew that Alexandra Crosney looked familiar, uh-huh. and it's because she played Kristen Baxter in Last Man Standing, uh-huh. which was Tim Allen's return to television. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not quite, but he did do the. He did do that noise a lot, and I did like Last Man Standing until I went to CMT because hmm. it was no longer something I enjoyed watching. But uh, Tim Allen played Mike Baxter, uh-huh. and Tim Allen's been in a lot of things. He's my True. favorite Disney character, Buzz Lightyear. He is the Scott Calvin in the Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. But one of I think his underrated roles is Jason Nesmith in Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Got so good. Such a good movie. So funny. In Galaxy Quest, one of his uh crewmen it, it was crewmen. Tommy Weber, who was played by Daryl Mitchell. He's the uh <laughs> the pilot. Yep. Uh-huh. Who uh that's a, such a good scene when he was like driving it out and he's just like, like screw yeah. Daryl Daryl Mitchell also played Officer Ham in the attraction to movie adaptation The Country Bears. Oh, <laughs> ooh, wow! Which stars very unsettling country bears, including a new character Barry Barrington. We know Barry Barrington. <laughs> it's a real shame Barry never came to the yeah. parks, isn't it? Uh, Where is the Barry Barrington? They're refurbing we, it. Yeah, we Barry. love Barry. Where is Barry? They're refurbing it. Maybe now. Well, I hope that Barry and Teddy both make an appearance. I think so, too. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, Barry is played by Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. Um, who really broke out playing Cole Sear in The Sixth Sense. Of course. And we all know we're connecting this to Armageddon. So if we're going to talk about The Sixth Sense, we're obviously going to connect it to Bruce Willis. Obviously. His hairstylist. <laughs> What? <laughs> Come again. Bruce Willis seems Wait. to have one hairstylist that he brings on all his films, which is odd because um, 
He's a man of few hairs. <laughs> but uh, Bunny Parker. Is it called it, Gillette? Oh. <laughs> Bunny Parker is her name. Uh-huh. And she was Bruce Willis's hairstylist on The Sixth Sense as well as Armageddon. Have we done the course. hairstylist before? Yeah, because she was in music videos before. She's, like, very cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I thought we'd I, I thought we'd talked about Bruce's yeah. need for a hairstylist yeah. before, but but she was the hairstylist for for Bruce in the nineteen ninety eight cinematic masterpiece sure. Armageddon, yeah. as well as the Sixth Sense. Um, now we love a NASA tech. I do. We love a NASA and tech. And how many that we need? Yeah. How, you know, what number are we on now? I, I've the, we've lost count. Like eleven. We've gone up probably. to nine or yeah. ten. Um, and now some of the NASA techs. This is fun. I think I've mentioned this before, but some of the NASA techs were like cameos from other like people that worked on the movie, uh-huh. like screenwriters and stuff. Yeah, yeah, cameo yeah, as yeah, a NASA yeah. tech. And one of the people was costume designer, Michael Kaplan. Huh. And hmm. he did the costumes for Armageddon. He also did the costumes on star Wars, the rise of Skywalker, everyone's favorite star Wars. Movie. Yeah. Factually. Um, I, I, I think most real fans would say it's the best one. I agree. And uh, what's a star Wars you movie both. without Darth Vader? You know, Not nothing. Uh, that's right. It is mostly about Darth Vader. Yeah. So James Earl Jones came back. Or I, I'm sure it was like old audio. He's not like a new character. In, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's the montage movie. So James Earl Jones came back um, or they used his audio as Darth Vader. But where I know James Earl Jones is Mufasa, of course, mm-hmm. in The Lion King. That is how I first learned that iconic voice. And in The Lion King, you've got young Simba voiced by teen heartthrob of the time jonathan JTT. taylor JTT. thomas yes jtt who played oh, we could really go through <laughs> we really could I, I thought you know we could uh but he one of my favorite movies as a kid he played marshall stouffer in wild america yeah oh yeah awesome movie about three brothers traveling across the country to film um animals in their wild habitats he was the youngest brother and devin sawa played mm-hmm. the middle brother mark mm-hmm now, Devin Sawa is on one of my current favorite television shows, and it's interesting because he plays a different role in every season, and he always gets murdered by Chucky. Mm-hmm. Currently in season three, he's playing the president, President oh. Collins, and Chucky has been adopted by his son and is in the White House. Uh, in Chucky, the original, Jesus. in Chucky, the TV show, the original kid that comes across him is named Jake Wheeler, who's played by Zachary Arthur. Zachary Arthur also played Bernie in a smash hit, Secret Angel. <laughs> in a, I'm sorry, what? Uh, just wait. He played Bernie in a smash hit, Secret Agent Dingledorf and his trusty dog Splat. Secret Agent Dingledorf. What? And his trusty dog. That's a 2021 Splat. film. I want you to know. Yeah, and in that film is a character named Wingnut, who's played by Jason Dolly, who in this film plays Connor. Wow. What? Wow. Dingledorf is Dingledorf. a fun word. There's a dog in there named Tupac Souza. There you go. Interesting. Tupac Souza. Tupac Souza, everybody. You've been Armageddon, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. Now that we've sort of caught up on what has occurred, the whale is stuffed with seaweed. We've had the conversation of her aim with Connor, and Connor is now writing his own letter to the editor. Everyone reads it the next day. And Jamie, by the way, if you pause and read the letter as written, and then hear the words that Jamie says out loud. The script is written entirely differently than the letter that Connor wrote. Oh, yeah. It's literally 
two different things. The opening line is the same. Everything else, different. Is it just war and Mipsum? Like, they didn't no. write anything or they actually wrote something? They actually wrote something. And Jamie just read the script, which is something entirely different. Interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if they warm up some the paper, mm-hmm. like write the headline and then yeah, but uh, that would add up. Mm. What word are you saying? Warm up some. It's yeah. just like filler text. Like if you see like a template, it's it's all it's just like why is it called that? Uh, it starts with it's, I don't I don't know what the actual origin is, but like the filler text starts warm up some, and then it's just like a block of filler. This is when. Uh, after Jamie reads this letter, she's like, this is so nice of Marco. Thank goodness he wrote this. I could recognize that writing style anywhere. Well, because it says it just mentions Marco's poem had said, I have a mask on. This says she sees through our masks. Mm-hmm. So it uses one analogy that is mm-hmm. the same. And so she's like, Marco fucking wrote that shit. I could tell that shit. Marco loves masks. He freaking loves it. My man it. has a mask, and I can also have a mask. This is Max. To your point, when we also after this occurs, we have Jamie coming home and hearing that her her parents are going to have to sell the pizza shack. Yeah, because they're bad business people. Yeah, and have they been are. in the red for over a year. Well, Dad needs to just put freaking maybe if he fucking made a pizza that anybody wanted to eat it wouldn't be an issue Mm because he like walks around the not only does he make these gross pizzas he doesn't sell them he walks around and hands them out for free true which is a bad use of your probably has to otherwise you got a waste Nobody wants to eat. Nobody's going to eat that Right. Well, pizza. one, you're chasing your customers out. Because if I was eating at a restaurant and the crazy owner was handing me like f- like chicken feet pizza, I'd be like, I, I'm i uncomfortable. They also talk about how bad it smells. Yeah. I If you walked into a restaurant and, and it smelled over like overwhelming like liver and onions you wouldn't want to eat there you were in a pizza shop i'd leave i'd be like i don't want to eat here so one it smells two the owners make you feel uncomfortable by walking around and presenting them with gross food because like i'd feel like i had to take some to be polite but like i don't want to eat that and three that's a bad use of your materials because you're giving it away for free it also feels like that's all he had it didn't feel like I could get anything else. It was like I want pizza, and all of it's here is chicken feet. What a what a crazy, a terrible! Like, you get make just me a this. pizza. <laughs> Something on that I don't like. Yeah, the nice. chicken. Feet. I am the, the zambini feet. guy. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. As Jamie is getting ready to go to the under the sea dance, she has yet another out loud fight crisis with is. It isn't going well. Uh, I'm, I'm led to believe that here's sort of where my head is. I walk away from this confrontation thinking that Jamie has learned something. I also thought that. And that is no longer will be a problem. Then we get to the dance and is very much is still a problem is is and nobody is acknowledging the smell of seaweed okay that whale would smell like asshole it would would smell so bad that seaweed's rotten they have stuffed the gigantic 20 foot whale It's wet seaweed it would paper smell mache. Like fish. It would smell disgusting. <laughs> it would smell so bad. It would 
smell so bad. It is a 15 to 20 foot blue whale hanging above everyone at the dance, full of old seaweed. That would smell horrific. And it would nobody, smell- you would walk into the dance and be like, am I in a dirty shoe? Like, what <laughs> it's like, is like, ocean? Am I at that pizza shop in town? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's lingering. But it's lingering. I think that later. It's lingering. Like, oh. did I stick my head in the lobster tank at the grocery store? Oh. Like, it would oh. smell God. so disgusting. And it's honestly the most unbelievable part of this entire movie that nobody walked into that gym and like, was like, "What God, the it fuck like is shit that?" Like, smell that? <laughs> somebody put on deodorant. What is happening? <laughs> so we have the moment where nobody acknowledges the seaweed. But what finally gets acknowledged is Marco says to Jamie, oh, I didn't write that because we're in the midst of a confrontation between the two. Well, he keeps calling her is. It's just important. She's like, I'm Jamie. No. And Marco finally acknowledges like, oh, you think I wrote that poetry? No, I paid that Connor kid to do it. Didn't he tell you? You're his friend. Yeah. That would be a thing that would happen. Yeah. (laughs) Marco feels the same way we do. If you're making money, tell your friends about it. And she she then gets invited up on stage because the school wants to acknowledge Jamie's contributions to the school. And as she gets brought up on stage, she gets booed. It's specifically about the decorations. Oh. Because uh, Miss Gallagher says... There's been one girl who did all this, did all of this with us, of course, knowing if you are sitting there thinking, you smell it, you smell it, uh, <laughs> um, you, you can blame this girl, Jamie, come on up, come on up, Jamie, she and everybody who has been smelling that asshole all night is like, boo, it's like, a better part of this Gross, yuck. Why does it smell like poop in here? But the way they just openly fucking boo her is so good. (laughs) They literally just like, boo, like thumbs down. Gross. And then she and gets, she's like, You're welcome. And then she gets up on stage and doubles down. And she she has the conversation with Iz. I open This part's the craziest because she's blatantly like turning to her side to talk to Iz. In a this, microphone. And this is the part where she literally grabs Iz's arm and drags her to have a conversation, but to the normal person, she just looks grabbed crazy. Grabbed air. She grabbed open air. She looks crazy. But after she grabs his, kicks his out of her personality and then walks back, apologizes to everybody. They don't take it well, but what they do take well is the fact that she pulls, pull the lever, crunk. She pulls a lever that opens the whale and sends the seaweed and save the whale flyers out on everybody in the vicinity. Well, because Iz is like, she notices her friends about to pull the rope and Iz is like, they're gonna they have that full of flyers they they don't know about the seaweed somehow their noses are broken so she's like they're gonna how does is know they're full of flyers why does this alter ego fucking have one one leaked out Uh one leaked out so is figures out the plot and she's like they're gonna pull the rope they're gonna ruin the dance you could save the dance and be the hero and be popular again if you call them out beforehand and they'll get in trouble. And that's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Cause she's like, no, I'm not going to turn my friends in. 
And then she pulls the rope. Save the whales! Pulls the rope. To make up for the fact that she shockingly missed the bunny rally. Uh Uh-huh. Now, after pulling the rope, her two friends forgive her immediately, but she has to set out to find Connor, who has already left the dance. Apparently, he left the dance as soon as she got up on stage. Because Connor wrote the poem, and she loves Connor now. Runs out to Connor as he's about to get into his brother's truck. And they reconcile immediately. And then immediately after reconciling, they share a smooch. And then they go to the dance together. And his older brother goes, nice job, old bro. I think he calls calls him him squirt. squirt. Oh, nice (laughs) job, old squirt. Nice job, squirt. Mm. I don't (laughs) don't like that. I don't like that. Don't like that at all. Now, the rest of the school likes her again. They applaud and cheer her after she dumps rotten seaweed all over them. Yeah. Her brother... Realizes that he wants to sing again. Uh, It's just that he couldn't sing in front of Miss Darbus. So he gets his (laughs) guitar out and and starts to sing in front of the crowd. This is apparently the actor singing, by the way. This Mm. is apparently is an original part of the soundtrack. Dedicates the song to his sister. Everybody dances. And apparently the band that is around Lenny also knows the song. Yeah. They don't have any sheet music. They seem to be playing it uh, as a riff. Yeah. All by her. Uh, it's going to be great. And after the dance, we cut away back to the family. Yeah. Ralph closing up the pizza shack. And there's a knock on the door. Who who could it be? But Jamie. Jamie and Connor bringing the entirety of the school dance back to the pizza shop. Because that one night is going to save I, the business. I don't understand this at all because they had like a couple good months because of Jamie. And they're like, that's not going to fix last year. Yeah. But now all of a sudden because of this one night, that's fine. Well, the good news is they found their new pizza. Rotten seaweed. Yeah. Rotten fucking seaweed. I can't imagine much. It it falls yes. off of Connor's jacket onto the by the way falls off his jacket nope. perfectly cut Lenny's onto the pizza jacket. Lenny's jacket I was going to say Connor left yeah. can't be Connor falls off of Lenny's jacket perfectly sliced perfectly sliced to be bite sized onto a pizza that is then eaten and people are like mmm rotten seaweed yes I love that perfect compliment to the shit cheese I have on this pizza and everybody's like great job Ralph you've done it and Ralph's like it's seaweed pizza that's the solution to all of our problems go get it from the sushi and that's why do they uh, have sushi. I can't imagine. Why do they have sushi at a pizza joint? Can't, I can't imagine. That's an expensive food to just have laying, laying around, around when you have a lot of overhead. Fucking <laughs> responsible. Uh, Be, do one thing. Do one fucking thing. Make the pizza, yeah, who Ralph. Are you the Cheesecake Factory? Are they doing Live at that menu. Pizza? Take God. it down. Oh. <laughs> no <laughs> i just Same. feel like i like a lot of flavors of pizza and i can't imagine being like seaweed would be yeah, good yeah, seaweed put some put some naughty on there that'll be really tasty uh and then it ends with jamie back to writing her journal uh and the most recent journal that she's written has the title the most meta title we've seen thus far for three different reasons how my private journal became a bestseller which is the actual name of the published book yeah and that's the end of this movie, everybody. We have, we're there. That is the end of Read It and Weep. Gotta know your thoughts. Yeah. I'm giving it a five. Mm. I just think this is the most average of average. Like, Dude. this is right down the middle for a decon. Ooh-ah. Yeah, it is. It is ooh right down the middle. I think the cast is fine. Likeable, I guess. Like, I generally like these characters. I thought that they weren't overcomplicated. I didn't think there were too many of them. I 
thought the writing was kind of mid, but that's what I expect from a DCOM is kind of mid writing. Um, but, and, and a little overcomplicated, but you know, it didn't fall into the pitfall of like really horrible voiceover at the beginning. I thought mm-hmm. it was effective voiceover mm-hmm. at the beginning with good introduction. Anyway, I just think it's right down the middle of what a DCOM is and I'm giving it a five down the middle. Well, if you look at that right there, that's also what I gave it a um, five. I, I, we finished this movie and I looked at mine. I was like, this is the most average of average DCOMs that I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm giving it a five. It is just, it's not the worst decom i've ever watched and i'm like the average is like that's on i'm good to watch it one time i'm not gonna be mad at watching it one time i never need to see it again yeah i also gave it a five (laughs) i i I agree with everything you said i thought the acting was like better than yeah many we've watched um so i i thought the acting was pretty good for a decom um the writing is definitely sloppy in some points i thought the friends were good characters mm-hmm. um you know is is kind of a complicated confusing character it was it made me like giggle a few times so yeah i don't need to watch it again but yeah this is when i think of like a teen high school drama decom this is, this it. is it this is it I found two reviews for you. Okay. One, uh, they're from opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay. The first review, uh, its title is, probably the best decom ever. That is a take. High School Musical would like a word. Yeah, they actually published this on the 23rd of July of 2006. So it was very recent after the movie was released. When I sat down on my friend's couch with a bowl of ice cream and turned on the TV, I never expected to find a new favorite movie. Read It and Weep is, in my book, one of the finest of all DCOM movies. And let's be honest, Disney's been feeding us a lot of trash recently. I thought the plot, though predictable, was funny, honest, and amusing. It had this sweet and sour feel, like you can't decide whether you want to hug the characters or smack them. It really expressed the ups and downs of popularity and fame, as well as the hardships of high school. And Nick Whitaker singing, Lenny was his name in the movie, blew me away <laughs> and made me want to know if he really sings and or plays in the world. I would buy his album. If you're looking for a deep, thought-provoking, let's ponder the universe type of movie, keep looking. In fact, what made you think you could find that on the Disney Channel anyway? That's a good point. Try USA, TNT, or Court TV. (laughs) Court TV. (laughs) That's funny. But if you want a fun, hilarious, quite nearly tear-jerking movie that makes your heart bubble and your sides ache, look no further. You found it and read it and weep. What's making you? What's jerking tears? (laughs) I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. They're very passionate. Now, this is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh Oh, yes. There will be liver and onions pizza is the title of this review. I don't That sounds like a threat. (laughs) It sounds like. (laughs) You know what, Max? You're not. You're you're probably not too wrong. I sit down with my family to watch this so-called G-rated movie one summer. This being this summer because I like my family so much. At first, I didn't even want to come near this movie because it seemed too girlish and embarrassing. So I viewed it at my own risk. I noticed the very familiar motifs this movie had, along with other bad Disney and Disney Channel works at the time. Cheerleading, loving, and wicked stuff. But wait! (laughs) Wicked? Wicked. Wicked stuff. Wicked stuff. What part of it's wicked? Don't worry, we'll get there. But wait! My brother claimed to hear an OMG hidden somewhere in the movie, not unlike the Lion King's SFX incident. And so I thought to myself, oh yes, my family's too censor worthy. So I got sent to my room at 19. Wow, that's something. And thanks to that, I couldn't watch Match Game and Will It Float later that night. The same went with many other nights. 
So really, <laughs> Disney Channel thinks it's not okay for kids to see martial arts action, but it's okay to hear blasphemy? Golly, I wish the FCC shut down this now joke of a channel. And if y'all are curious, the Will It Float situation on Letterman that night, I'll never know. The site never <laughs> said, LOL, this stinks so much. One out of ten. <laughs> I want to understand. I'm just confused because I'm just the entirely movie confused because the movie said, "Oh my god!" Yeah, this person, this could 19 not watch, year old person, was sent to their room. Couldn't watch David Letterman. And couldn't watch I'm Letterman, sure. which surely has more offensive got content. More offensive than the Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> but I do understand why it's like the Lion King SFX scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding in blasphemy. Are we going to talk about the penis on the, the mermaid? mermaid. Yes, no, I'm what? surprised that the, didn't make for, a mention. The frame of nudity in uh, what, Rescuers? Yeah, the Rescuers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that review was wild. I, I don't know where that went. So that really, is something. <laughs> I got sent to my room at 19. Wow, that's something. I mean, that's not phrasing Disney Channel normally uses, but it feels like we really went on a on a deep end there. Mm. Oh yeah, we went off the deep end there for sure. Well, what's next? What do we What do we got coming up next? Next up, we have Cheetah Girls too. Oh my gosh, that's right. Oh, isn't this supposed to be the Cheetah Girls redemption arc? I think I have heard that this one is better. But granted, the first one was the objective trash. The first one was trash. really bad, though. The first one was so bad, and people said it was very good, and they <laughs> were not so, right. Do I not, I not? So I don't trust. I don't that trust that this is a redemption correct. arc. I don't. But y'all, we have a, a hell of a run coming up. Uh huh. I just want to share with you. We got Cheetah Girls two next. Okay. Return to Halloween Town. Okay, where we don't have KJB. Don't have KJB. Not featuring. Then we have a movie called Jump In, okay? This is a season of sequels we've got coming out with one in the middle, okay? So, Cheetah Girls 2. Yep. Return to Halloween Town, no KJB. Sure. Jump In. Okay. Wait, does that have Corbin Blue in it? It does. Johnny Coppola back on board. Oh! Hey! High School Musical 2. Oh, hell yeah. Twitches 2. Oh, wow. I'm So, other than Jump In, everything we're going to see for the next six weeks is a sequel of something we've already watched. God, I'm so excited for High School Music. Yeah, we're too. almost in 2007. So we're going to do The Cheetah Girls, then Return to Halloween Town, and then we have to do our recap. And, and then, then we're in, and then Molly and I are graduating. Yeah, we're in 2007. Wow, I'm not. Wow, what a year. What a year. Wow. And I was just I was just looking at it, and I was like, man, that's a lot of sequels. We got a lot of... I can't wait to see We're Johnny going Cap back Mahala to the well. back on the board, because that movie really delighted me. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what the sequel. Brings. It's become such an icon for us too. With the, yeah. like we we do the <laughs> all the time. So no, no, wait just a minute here. I've we've got decoms that run up to 2022. By the way, the most recent decom that was released for us on our on our list is Under Wraps too. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued by this. Anyway, neither here nor there. Well, and it's a little like it's a sequel of the I, of the remake of the remake. I, I also think we need to have conversation. Because I know that it's listed on that Wikipedia. And I want to watch Under Wraps too. But I'm just going to be honest. That I'm pretty sure that that's a Disney Plus movie. Well, yeah, it is. I don't think there are DCOMs anymore. Mm -mm. I think that we should watch it. But I'm just going to suggest that it's not unlike. I think that Under Wraps 2 
is not unlike Suzy Q. Now I, I will say mm. that there are notes under each of these films uh-huh. that say while these films were released on Disney Plus, it also aired on the Disney Channel. Okay. And it bears the label a Disney Channel original movie. Okay. Fair enough. I'll take it. So take it. those notes are listed under a variety of these films yeah, starting after like 2020 which well, is when we have the disney there, disney there has disney to be plus some plus. weird distinction otherwise every original disney plus would be considered like sure. like the, i believe it's a, if it's aired on the disney channel yeah. separately as well as on disney plus then it, yeah. like yeah, if you still got cable otherwise like the live action lady in the tramp yeah, and course, like all those movies yeah. would be considered but it seems like they, they've they've done it. something. They've done something. Yeah, okay. they they are they are listing these with a with a particular asterisk that says while they were released on Disney Plus, they also have okay. a. I will appreciate your asterisk, Wikipedia. I will give you as a very legitimate source. One hundred percent. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We really do appreciate it. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. It really does help us out. Follow us on all of our socials, and if you want to have a conversation about this episode or any other episode of Zetas Lapidus and Mammoth Club original podcast, join us on Discord. We'd love to have you there. But until next time, friends, this week we have covered Read It and Weep. Next week we move on to Cheetah Girls 2. So we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. This really wasn't going to be It'll be Cheetah. It'll be Cheetacular. Cheetalicious. Cheetalicious. I hope Global Get Down comes back. <laughs>